Hey, it's Cody Woodard, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this message encourages you and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. We are in a series called I Need a Miracle. I Need a Miracle. Has this series been helpful for anybody? Come on. And uh, today we're going to take a look uh, in the book of Mark. We're going to jump from John and go to the book of Mark. We're going to talk about um, God uh, is a God of protection. He does miracles of protection. So if you would, uh, would you stand with me? And uh, I would like for you to stand for the reading of God's word. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Mark chapter four. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, look at a Christian's Bible near you, uh, or you can look on the screen. We're going to start in Mark chapter four, starting in verse 35. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a boat that you thought was going to sink. I haven't, but I have been on a plane I thought was going to go down. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I hit some turbulence, your boy gets a little bit nervous and that'll make an atheist pray to God. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And so here they are, they think that they're going to die. They think that the boat is going to sink, but Jesus was in the stern and he was sleeping on a cushion. Sleepy Jesus, (laughs) I love it, sleepy Jesus. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet. (laughs) The Lord is in this place. Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? So if you're taking notes today, I pulled my title from verse 40, a question that Jesus asked the disciples, and I believe that he's asking you today through whatever storm is going on in your life. Why are you so afraid? Turn to the person next to you and just ask them, say, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Hey, will you pray with me? And if you're going to receive this word today, stretch your hand towards heaven. God, thank you for the people under the sound of my voice. Thank you for those watching online today. Uh, God, I pray that you would show up. We're not here just to go through the motions. We're not here just to sing some corporate karaoke. God, we're here to encounter you. And I thank, I thank you that even when my faith was weak. Even when I didn't have the faith to trust you, God, you remained faithful. That even when I ran away from you, God, you never ran away from me. And I thank you for your promise of your presence that you're here right, right now. And so, God, I pray that we would be able to hear from you. You say that your word is living and active, that it's sharper than a double-edged sword, that it pierces our heart down to the bone and marrow. And so, God, I pray you would do the work that only you can do. May we leave different than we walked in. We love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody who believed is said, amen. amen. Hey, say hi to somebody next to you again. Give them a high five, a hug, handshake, or a kiss. <laughs> don't kiss somebody you don't know now. You're going to get you trouble. Well, again, thanks for being here. And uh, and this week, I know that for many of you, this is a familiar passage. You've probably heard sermons on this before. You've at least heard about, you know, Jesus calming the storm. But as I studied this week, I really took some time to kind of dive in, uh, maybe to some contextual things I think are going to be helpful. And, And what you find is that this storm 
It takes place on the Sea of Galilee. Now, I'm not a meteorologist, though I'm kind of jealous because they get to be wrong all the time and not get fired, okay? Uh, but, sorry if you're a meteorologist online, um, or if you're in the room, we love you, okay? Uh, we're thankful for you and your weather apps and their inaccuracy. Okay, um, where was I? So, meteorologists, they tell us about this. Um, they say that the Sea of Galilee is about 680 feet below sea level. And what that means is it was surrounded by these great mountains. And what would often happen, in fact, it was very common, was that a storm would just come up out of nowhere. Like they could just be hanging out at the beach, you know, doing a little fishing, maybe, you know, getting a suntan on, you know, so they're not so pasty in the wintertime, you know, but they, they could just be hanging out. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a storm blows up and just changes everything. And it's interesting to me because I think the same is true in life, isn't it? Where you can be having the best day, and all of a sudden a storm blows up. That your family, you can be doing so well, and you can be, you can be smooth sailing in your relationships. But how many of you know, if you're not in a storm, you're probably going into a storm. And out of nowhere, a storm can metaphorically come in and rock your life. And you know, I, I think for some of us, it may look like, you know, you just, you just ended up being the top in sales at your job. And maybe it's a new job for you and you've went in and you busted your butt and you've, you've been performing and, but all of a sudden you hear as everything is going well, you kind of hear that they're starting to make some cuts. And because you're the new guy, no matter what your numbers look like, you get laid off out of nowhere. Maybe for you, it's your marriage or a relationship or someone with your family where things are finally to the place right before Christmas, because we all know that Thanksgiving is a speed bump, right before Christmas, things are finally to the place where you can actually get together and get along. I'm not talking from experience here, just hypothetical. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, your family member or your spouse, they, they go to the doctor and they get a diagnosis that changes everything. That changes the dynamic. And you find yourself really asking the question the disciples asked Jesus, don't you care? God, where are you? Maybe for you it's your kids. And maybe they're now in middle school or high school, or maybe they're teenagers, and you've raised them in church. You try to teach them the ways of Jesus. You've taught them how to become a good person and love people and serve. And, and you think that their life, they're doing really well. Maybe they're off to college or they're working a job. And and then you find out because you hear it through a friend on Facebook that they saw your kid on Friday night somewhere that they were not supposed to be because they lied to you about going to their friend's house, but really they weren't going to their friend's house. Has anybody been there before? Anybody been that person before? Hello. And all of a sudden, what you thought about your kids, it just, it gets shaken. And you know what I found out? I think that Christians are probably the best people that know how to hide storms. For many of you walking in today, like, you got a smile on, you look good, turn to your neighbor and say, you look good, you look good, but beneath your pretty clothes and beneath your smile, there's a storm inside of you. Because there's more than just storms that are physical or even external, but many of us experience storms internally, where maybe for you, you battle with jealousy 
and you look at the person next to you or you look at the person on Instagram and you're like, man, I wish I had their life. I mean, I wish I had their house. I mean, it looks so good. I wish I had their car and their marriage. Like they always seem so happy and they're posting selfie serving at church in an orange shirt and, and they look great. And what you don't even know is that they're two payments behind on the house they're in. That they, they go to bed, they go to bed lonely. They go to bed hurting. Here's my question, and I just want you to be honest. I'm going to ask it really gently, and maybe it's big, maybe it's small, maybe it's something you didn't see coming, maybe it's something you saw coming for a long time, but if you were just being honest, I just want to know who I'm preaching to today. If you were being honest, how many of you or somebody you know right now is going through a storm? You raise your hand. Almost everybody in the room. And so, and so for many of us, we, we look good on the outside, and it's sunny and 60 degrees, but the storm within is raging. And so when you go through storms, when you, when you go through life, I think there's this idea that if you're a follower of Jesus, that you probably won't go through many. That we get this idea, and you know this, but like we get this idea that if I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, life just looks good. And so what happens is we make the assumption that when we go through something that's difficult to understand and we don't know why, we start to automatically think, well, what did I do wrong? What, what could have I done differently? Uh, what, 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 what could I do that would like change the... Change the circumstance. And so here's what I wanna to do today. I wanna to take a look at this passage and I just wanna give you two things. So if you're taking notes, uh, it's two things. It's super simple. If you're not taking notes, it's two things, okay? Somebody take some notes in up in here. And, uh, and there's two things I want you to remember the next time you go through a storm. Or I want you to remember today for you or for someone close to you. Mark chapter four, starting in verse 37, says this. It says that a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And where was Jesus? Sleeping on a cushion. So when you're going through a storm, I want you to write this down. You were in the storm with his presence. You were in the storm with his presence. You may be going through a bad storm, but the good news is is you were in the presence of a good God. And, and I don't know who told you that if you follow Jesus, things won't happen or whatever, but what I've come to find out is in fact, the opposite is true. And Jesus actually says that in this life, you will experience hardship, you will experience pain, you will experience storms, but take heart because I've overcome the world. And so we, we're, we're gonna go through things. We're gonna go through things that we don't understand. We're gonna go through things that are hard and difficult and you're gonna find yourself going, God, don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care that like I'm dealing with this? And, and here's the thing I wanna tell you. Um, they weren't in the boat out of disobedience. They were in the boat because they did what he said. Who told them to get in the boat? Jesus. And so here they are, they're, they're doing what they said and you're, you've experienced the same thing. You've experienced doing what you thought God was calling you to do, and a storm comes up. 
and it just, it just rocks you. And here's what I've experienced in my lifetime. When you step into the light, don't be surprised when darkness pushes back. Because Christianity is not a playground. Christianity is a battleground. And our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is against a very real spiritual enemy. So when you, you, you obey God and you do what he says and you start to follow Jesus, don't be surprised when opposition comes, when darkness comes, when you feel something coming against you. And see, God never promised that the storm wouldn't rock you, but he did promise that the storm wouldn't sink you. God never promised that it wouldn't rock you, but he did promise the storm wouldn't sink you. God is for you. God is with you. Nothing can grip you away from his hand. So if Jesus is in my boat, I can have peace in my life because he declared we're going to the other side. Anybody thankful for that truth? So you may experience some things in life that cause you to doubt, but never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God because he is with you in the storm. He is your help. And sometimes you just got to make it personal because listen, when, when you're going through some things that you don't understand, that you didn't see coming and you thought you were doing all the right stuff and something hit you out of nowhere, it's going to be hard to not get your eyes focused on the storm and remember what Jesus has already spoken. It is hard to always see what God has said when all around you, your anxiety is flared up, your depression is real, your family is hurting, you're doubting if God is even good, but sometimes you just got to make it personal and you got to start, you got to start declaring scripture over your life and you got to quote off Psalm 46, one that says, God is our refuge and strength, our ever present help in a time of need. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way. Watch this. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though it's waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The Lord almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is my fortress. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. Come on, somebody put your hands together. If you believe that. It's, it's Hebrews 13 that says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. It's 2 Samuel 22 when he says, my God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my savior, the one who saves me from violence. He never promised that the storm wouldn't rock you, but he does promise the storm wouldn't sink you. And so I got good news for whatever storm comes your way. Jesus is in your boat. He's in your life. He's in your family. He's in your job. And so I can sense his presence. I can feel his peace. I can feel that he is right there near me and he will never leave me, never forsake me. And the same is true about you. And so why, why are you so afraid? Because we have a God who loves to do miracles and display his power among the people. We have a God who is a healer. We have a God who is a provider. We have a God who is a deliverance. We have a God who is a protector and has all authority over your life.
Isn't that good news? I remember a couple years ago now, um, Jessica and I were coming home from a family dinner, and uh, we were in her little Honda Accord, and this storm blew up out of nowhere, and it was just, it was storming, it was raining, the wind was blowing, and I don't know how many of you are from the area, but if you've ever traveled down 109 in the dark at night during a storm, you know you can't see nothing. It looks like you're driving on water, right? And... Um, and I remember just kind of being nervous and we're, and we're driving. And if you've ever rode with me, which I know many of you haven't, probably never will, but like probably don't want to either. Um, people will tell you, I'm just not that good of a driver. I'm gonna be real with you, okay? I will scare the bejesus out of you, okay? And uh, that night, Jessica, she's, uh, she's about eight months pregnant with our first son, Tatum. And um, she's sitting in the front seat and we're driving and there's a car in front of us and there's not a lot of people on the road, but it's storming really bad. And all of a sudden, I see him come to a stop. Now, normally, I would just, I would come to a stop. I would pull up behind them. I would come to a stop. I would wait until they turned. Because you know, on 109, they don't have turning lanes. Surprise, for whatever reason. And, uh, and, and so this car stops. And, and something in me did something different. I stopped so far back from this car. I mean, I bet you it was 35 yards, 100 feet. So much so that Jessica looked at me and she goes, what, what are you doing? Why'd you stop? And right as we, and I said, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I just feel like I'm supposed to stop. True story, right? And all of a sudden we look up and out of nowhere, a car is going 65 miles per hour and the car in front of us turned left and got in a wreck. And both of those cars slid within a couple feet of where we were. Don't you tell me our God isn't real. And from what we know, the people in there, there was no serious injury, no death involved. And you may go, well, that's, you know, I mean, yeah, God protected you, but what about them? I, I don't know the answer to all of that, but what I do know is what I experienced. And I know that it was not just a gut instinct inside of me, because trust me, if you've ridden with me, you know that's not the case. <laughs> but what I know is that God in that moment put, put, put himself in me and put my foot on the brake and stopped us from getting hit by two cars going 65 miles per hour with an eight-month pregnant wife because we have a God who is a protector. So not only is God with you in the storm, write this down. You're not only in the storm with his presence, but you are in the storm for his purpose. You're not only in the storm with his presence, but you are in the storm for his purpose. Let's take a look at this in verse 35. You probably missed it when I read it. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Now, he doesn't tell them why. He just tells them what? Can you trust God's why? Can you trust God's what when he doesn't tell you why? When God says, get in the boat, and you're like, why? He said, just get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Can you get in the boat? Can you trust what God said without knowing why he said it? And so here they are. They have no idea. All they know is Jesus said, come on, get in, boys. We're going to the other side. What Jesus knew, being God in flesh, was that on the other side was a man in the region of the Gerasenes or the region of the Decapolis, it was 10 cities. And that man had been hurting himself and cutting himself with rocks. 
had been chained up, and he was possessed by demons. And Jesus said, hey, we're going to go to the other side. They don't know that. We get to see it because next week we're going to take a look at how Jesus is over the demonic. And, and, and he says, we're going to the other side because there's somebody over there that God has called me to heal, that God has called me to deliver. And so get in. And they leave Capernaum, which is important, by the way, because Capernaum was where Jesus did his ministry. Capernaum, actually pronounced Capernaum, is, is the place of comfort. And so Jesus leaves the place in his hometown, in his region, in his area where he does ministry to go into enemy territory. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Anytime you're doing the calling of God, you will always cross over into conflict. You won't avoid it. And see, this was not them being disobedient. This was them doing exactly what he said. This is not a Jonah experience where he is running away from God. In fact, what this lets us know is that they were not out of the will of God by going through the storm. In fact, they were in it. There's a purpose for your pain. There's a purpose for your storm. It's what James says in James 1. He says, consider it pure joy. He's talking about consider the storm. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials or storms or situations of many kinds, he says, consider it pure joy. What's he talking about? He's saying, consider it as a, an act of worship that you are joyful knowing the promise of God. And here's why. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, now let, me, let me say this. Let me say this real gently. I, I'm I'm 31. Uh, next Monday, I turn 32. Praise God. Come on, somebody. And, um, and here's what I know. I haven't been walking with Jesus for very long. I've been a Christian since I was 18 years old. Maybe that's longer than some of you. It's, some of you are like, I've been, been alive longer than that, boy. You know what I'm saying? And, um, but here, here's the truth about our church, if I'm just being honest. Not only am I, but our church, we, we have some young, young believers in just, in just two years, we've had over 100 people give their life to Christ. We've seen 63 people get baptized. What that means is we have people in the church that are infants or, or, or children in the Lord and lack maturity of faith, including myself. And, and so here's the deal. What God could be doing in the storm is trying to teach you something. Now, you may be like, wait a second. Are you telling me that God calls the storm? Are you, are you telling me that God just allowed all this to happen? That doesn't seem like a very good God. And here's the honest truth. I can't tell you, nor do I believe any man can really tell you the heart and intention of God. But here's what I know. I don't know if he caused it. I don't know if he allowed it. But here's what I do know. He'll use it. And he will use the storm around you to do a great work within you. And sometimes the way God matures us in our faith is through his word. Sometimes it's, he matures us through the renewing of our mind. He matures us in the way that we serve and the way that we give and the way we use our gifts. But other times he matures us in the Lord by testing our faith. Why? Because he's mean? No, 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 no. See, every good teacher teaches their students. Every good teacher gives tests. Why? To see if they've learned. So that in the end of the year, when you take your final exam, 
you can be promoted to the next level. Could it be that the storm you're in, God is using it to test your faith to promote you to a deeper level of trust? So the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Then James says, let perseverance finish its work. Why? So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so I don't know if God caused it. Obviously, in some way, God allowed it. And I don't know why. But I do know that he's going to use it. I do know that there is a purpose in your pain. And long before you have a problem, God has a plan. You don't believe me? Just ask Noah when God said, I'm gonna flood the earth, but first Noah build an ark. Just ask Jonah, hey, hey, there's, you're, you're gonna disobey me and run away from your purpose and calling, but I'm gonna send a well that's gonna swallow you up and keep you from doing it. Just ask Jesus, who he said, you know what? I know he's gonna be rejected and spit upon and stabbed and crucified, but I got a plan because three days later, he's gonna raise from the grave. God always has a plan for your pain. And you may not understand it, and that's the challenging thing. You may not know why. You may not get it, but I don't have to know God's will to obey it. I don't always have to know why when God has been clear about the what. So God always uses a storm to do a work in us. Long before you have a problem, God has a plan. And I experienced this firsthand when we planted this church in October of 2019. Four and a half months in, uh, kind of a big deal. Something called COVID-19 became a reality in our world. Now, whether it was whatever or not, we're not talking about all that today. <laughs> but it's very real. And um, we, didn't, we didn't plan on going through that. In fact, we were just getting groups started. We, we hadn't even had groups meeting yet. You know why? Because everybody was new in the church. And we're like, hey, sign up for so-and-so's house and go eat their food and talk to them about Jesus. They're like, uh-uh, I don't know them. And so we're four and a half months in, all of a sudden we find out we have to shut everything down. There's a stay-at-home order. But guess what? Long before we had a problem, God had a plan. And I'm just going to be honest. Do I ever want that to happen again? No. No. One more time for my people online. No. Am I glad it happened? I don't know. But here's what I'll tell you. There are things that we learned in that season that would have taken us five years without it. Amen. There were ministries that we started that we were passionate about. There were things that we're going, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, if it wasn't for the thing, the storm that we didn't see coming, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have been able to take a step back and go, oh, wait a second. Uh, God, God, what do you really want us to focus on? What do you really want us to be about? Do you want us to just be about having a service on Sunday, or do you want us to be a church on Monday? Why? Because God has a plan before you ever have a problem. And so you can send the storm devil. You can try to do anything you want to take it out. But what I know is we're going to the other side. We didn't start this church to die in four months. So there's people we got to reach, a city we got to love, and a world we got to serve. We're not, we're not stopping now. And sometimes you just need somebody to tell you when you're going through a storm, you're 
you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. We got work to do. We got people to love. We have a man who doesn't know that he can be set free from his demons. But see, the disciples didn't get that. Jesus said, do you still have no faith? The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? How many of you have ever asked that question? Don't you care? God, don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care that my life is a living hell right now? Don't you care about my job? Don't you care about my family? Don't you care that I'm hurting and I'm heartbroken? God, where are you? And you know where Jesus was? He was sleeping on a cushion. Not because he didn't care, but because he was sovereign over the storm. Aren't you thankful that we don't have a God that gets shook by your situation? I mean, I would be nervous if they're like, Jesus, we're going to die. And he got up. He said, mm, yep. Right? Like, you'd be like, you what? What are you doing? And he's like, yep, move over, Rose. I need that plank. Right? Like, I got stuff to do. But we don't have a God that is shaken by your storm or shaken by your situation. He didn't promise that it wouldn't rock you, but he did promise it wouldn't sink you. So he got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. I believe that's a word for your spirit today, for your anxiety, for your depression, for your evil thoughts, for your thoughts of loneliness, for every single time you think that you're gonna drown and you wonder, God, where are you at? Jesus not only speaks to the wind and the waves, but he speaks to you. Be still, be quiet. Do you not remember who I am? I spoke those waves into existence. I created that sea. I created that. I'm in charge of it. What I say, it does. I've healed. I've resurrected from the grave. I've opened blind eyes. I've unclogged deaf ears. I've done the impossible. Do you not remember when you were 18 years old running far away from God and you thought that he would have nothing to do with you, but instead of, of him running away from you, he ran towards you and washed you in his grace? Don't you remember when he saved you? Don't you remember when you were struggling in your marriage? Don't you remember when you were struggling with, struggling with loneliness? Don't you remember what it was like to not know why you're on earth? Don't you remember the time where you were so scared and you didn't know what to do, but some voice inside of you, the Holy Spirit said, keep going, be still, be quiet, because I am sovereign over the storm. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. Some of you have come in and your life is raging and you're gonna walk out with a peace in the middle of a storm. And people are gonna look at you and they're gonna wonder, how in the world do you have that kind of peace with that kind of life? 
how are you able to deal with all of this stuff? How, how, how can you still sing to a God? How can you still have joy? How can you still have purpose? And that's when you look back at him and you go, I know who's in my boat. And my faith is not built on the boat. My faith is built on who's sleeping in the boat. My faith is not built on my performance. My faith is built on the purpose of God. My faith is not based on anything else than who God is. I can trust it. And see, they didn't know that. He said, why are you so afraid? What happened here? Did you notice what they called him? They called him teacher. They said, teacher, don't you? Don't you care? They were afraid of the storm. But, but I believe there's a shift. Because at first they're focused on the storm and said, don't you care? But then it says they were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey? Here's what I believe happened. The fear of the storm grew into a holy fear of the Lord. See, they knew him as teacher. They knew what he wanted to teach them. They knew what he could do, but they didn't know him as Lord. They didn't know that he was sovereign. They didn't know he was in control. And for some of you, you know Jesus as teacher, and you know him as somebody to just follow advice from. You know him as somebody who holds a little baby lamb and has Goldilocks, so you know what I'm talking about. You know him as the God who just wants to fix all your problems and make you feel good. You know him as teacher. That's why you can't get your eyes off that storm. But when you know him as Lord, mm, your faith is not rocked by the storm because your soul is anchored in the Lord. And when your soul is anchored in the Lord, it may rock you, but it will not sink you because I got an anchor from my soul an anchor I can stand on. Amen? If you will, will you just stand with me? And Jesus, heal. So gracious. Why are you so afraid? Believer, can I just ask you right now, those of you who know him as Lord, why are you so afraid? What are you afraid of? Don't you remember who our God is? God who performs miracles. Don't you tell me he can't do it. If he did it then, I'm going to have faith that he'll do it again. But for those of you who have never given your life to him and you've known him as teacher, maybe you're here and you're just checking this thing out. Maybe you, somebody brought you, maybe you just felt like I need to get in church. There's something about renovation that I just want to know what that church is about, you know, and, and I, I got to get there. And today you, you walked in knowing him as teacher with a storm in your life. And I can't promise you that the storm will go away, but I can promise you he'll use it. And if you will move from having a fear of the storm to a fear of the Lord, watch what God will do in your life. It will not sink you. We're going to the other side. Guess what, church? There are people on the other side of your storm that need your help. There are kids in other countries in the world that don't have access to the truth you just heard. 
You are not just in the storm with his presence. You are in the storm on purpose. We got to go to the other side. You got to go to the other side of your family. You got to go to the other side of the street, the other side of your city, the other side of your job, the other side of the world, and make sure that they know that we have a God who is a healer, a God who is a deliverer, a God who is a provider, and there is nothing that can snatch me from his presence because our God is that good. So if you don't know that God, I want to give you the opportunity right now to say yes to him, to give your life. And here's the good news. You don't have to earn it. You don't got to figure it out. Jesus just says, will you trust me? Will you trust that what I did for you on the cross is enough? And today you can know him as Lord. He'll save you from your sins. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, anyone who believes in their heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead will be saved. Isn't that good news? So you pray with me. And if, uh, if you walked in today, I'm gonna pray two quick prayers. The first one is for those of you who know Jesus as Lord and you walked in with a storm and you've lost sight that God is with you in this storm. He's with you in your house. He's with you in your boat. And that you were in that storm for whatever reason, on purpose. And God is gonna use it. God, I pray for those right now that that's their situation, that's their storm. Would you speak to that place today? Would you let them know they're not alone? Would you let them know that your presence is close, that you have a purpose for their life? If they still have breath in their lungs, you're not, continue, you're not finished using them yet. Would you let them know we're going to the other side? We're gonna make it. For others of you, I wanna pray. So now I'll give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And maybe for you, you ran away from God and you've never trusted him as your Lord. Or maybe for you, you're coming back to him and it's been a long time since you trusted him. But if that's you today and you're giving your life to Christ and you're saying, I'm putting my faith in Jesus right now with every head bowed and eyes still closed, we just lift your hand. Not gonna embarrass you, not gonna call you out. Just lift your hand high and say, today I give him my life. I trust him for my salvation. Our team's gonna put a card in your hand. I wanna give you a Bible. Come on. God, I thank you for those lives you're transforming right now. May they know you love them. May they know your grace. May they know your love. There's nothing they can do to earn it, that you already did it on the cross. God, thank you for not staying dead. Thank you for resurrecting so that we can be forgiven and free and made right with you. We love you. And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Hey, put your hands together for those who made that decision today. Come on. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. If it encouraged you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to stories at renovation.church. And if you'd like to partner with us financially and help us continue to reach people all over the world, you can do that by going to our website, renovation.church give. Have a blessed day.